All right, guys, today we're on Ephesians 4. Um, This is an awesome chapter. It's so loaded with truth and uh, relevant application. So we're not going to be able to obviously cover uh, to the full extent everything we could in this chapter, but I just want to touch on a few things uh, as kind of can openers that can open this chapter up and give you something to think about, pray about, and live into. So this is the second half of the book of Ephesians, and chapter 4 starts uh, kind of that transition um, with our practical experience. And Paul calls this, you know, the, the kind of technical term for this in the Bible is walk, your walk. And Paul says in verse 1, walk in a way that's worthy of the calling with which you were called. So after presenting this kind of epic revelation of the church and everything that the triune God has done, you know, cosmically, historically, and then personally working that divine accomplishment into the depths of our being, Christ making his home his heart. After he's done that, Paul is saying, look, we need to live this out. We need to walk in a certain way that corresponds to this divine calling. We've called, we've been called to be the body of Christ, to be the organism of the divine trinity, to live him out, to express him, to be his body for his move and manifestation, to be a new man, a new humanity on this earth, living in a way that is unseen anywhere else. So Paul's saying you need to walk in a way that corresponds with that divine reality. So chapter four, five, and six is going to be really opening up and um, you know expanding on what does this walk look like? What what does this revelation look like when it touches earth? When it you know comes into our daily life? So that's that's the main thing we're going to start looking at in chapter four. And Paul's basically going to mention. Uh, our walk. He mentions it in chapter 1. He mentions it, I mean, in verse 1, and he mentions it in verse 17. Again, he says, this therefore I say and testify in the Lord, that you no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. So verse 1, verse 17, Paul is reiterating what I'm talking to about, talking to you about now is how do you live out this divine reality, being the body of Christ, being the one new man. And what I want to look at really in this chapter is, um, well, Paul basically makes three main points about oneness, about our function, and about our living. So these three kind of sections here. But what I really want to look at is, you know, as we look at these three sections, oneness, function, living, how Paul is interacting with the material from chapter one and chapter two on the body and the new man. Okay, so let's let's kick it off here. In verse 3, he says, be diligent to keep the oneness of the Spirit. And then he lists seven factors of that oneness. Um, now, the very first thing that's needed in our walk, our living out this divine reality, being the body of Christ, is maintaining the oneness of the one body. Back in chapter 1, the last verse, he says the body is the fullness of, of the one who fills all in all. So if we are going to live out the divine reality of the one body of Christ, oneness is paramount. And verse two kind of, um, you know, fleshes out that thought. What does oneness look like? It looks like lowliness, meekness, bearing one another in love, being long suffering and having a life of peace among uh, each other. And that again taps into chapter two, 
verse 15 says, Christ on the cross has torn down the enmity between different races and cultures and classes and made one new man and has made peace in that creative act. So the oneness here taps into chapter one and chapter two, and it's the first factor, first need in our living out this reality to maintain the oneness. Okay, let's go on to the second one on function. This middle section is so epic. And basically where we ended up and ended chapter one with was the ascended Christ. Remember, Christ has uh, that great power, which is toward the church, was what was operating in Christ, which raised him from the dead, seated him far above all things, all names, and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Well, now in verse 8, we pick back up on that thought. The scripture says, having ascended to the height, he led captive those taken captive and gave gifts to men. So Paul is picking up here, uh, not only in chapter, you know, in chapter one, the ascended Christ uh, produced the body of Christ, but in chapter four, the ascended Christ is giving gifts, which here are people. The gifts are the people, not just the divine, uh, divinely enabled abilities, but the ascended Christ is giving gifts to his body, not to produce the body. Christ himself did that on the cross and through his death and resurrection, but to build up the body. This is part of our walk. Um, it's amazing that Paul says this. Part of our the way we live our life should be a functioning as the body, as the gift we are, as the member we are in the body, for the building up of the body. So again, this is part of our walk. This is part of what we need to do. This is part of our responsibility. Um, and so in verse 12 and 16, this is really where it comes to a head. He says, each one of these gifts different members of the body of Christ are for ultimately the building up of the body of Christ. You've got that in verse 12. And then in verse 16, out from whom all the body dot, dot, dot through the operation in the measure of each one part causes the growth of the body unto its own building up in love. So here, each one part, each and every member of the body of Christ is needed to operate in their Uh, respective measures and the gifts that God has given us and in in the giftedness, you know, the gift being the member for the building up of the body of Christ. So here we have a downward movement from the ascended Christ uh, to give gifts for the building up of the body. Chapter one, it was the operation of the divine Trinity that produced the body. Chapter four, it's the operation of every single member of the body of Christ to build up that produced body. So that's part of our daily living, and that should make us ask ourselves, how much am I building up the body of Christ? How much am I functioning in my measure? How much am I operating according to the measure of grace that's been given to me? Uh, But we need to do that to build up the body of Christ. That's our responsibility as the body. And then the last section here is on our daily living, starting with verse 17. And this really taps into chapter 2. So the functioning of the body tapped into chapter 1. The living here, our daily living, taps into chapter 2, the one new man. And we know that because in, in verse 24, Paul says, put on the one new man, which was created according to God. So in chapter 2, Christ created the one new man. But again, just like with the body, we have a responsibility to put on that created new man. 
And again, what we're talking about here is a way of being human, a way of living out uh, our life in time and space, in places and situations and relationships and environments. And the amazing thing here is verse 20 and 21, Paul is saying that living is the exact same reality that was in Jesus. He says, if you learned Christ, you'll know how to live just as you've been taught as the reality is in Christ. So the living of the one new man is a living that is a reproduction and a expression of the same reality that people saw in Jesus. When people see us living our daily life, with all the aspects and details, they should see the life, the living, the reality that was in Jesus. And that living is a reality uh, that's operative in the body of Christ. And when we put on that one new man in which Christ is all in all, people see Christ being lived out in us. So this is basically chapter four in a nutshell. We've got the oneness of the body, the functioning of the body, and the walk of the one new man. Basically, Paul is saying the divine accomplishments by Christ that we've seen in chapters one, two, and then starting in three, Christ working that accomplishment into our spirit, making his home in our heart. We begin to see a outflow, a correspondence in actual situations where we're living in a way that is a functioning of the body. So the body's moving and the one new man is living and walking, expressing Christ. So this is our responsibility. This is our daily walk. And we do it by enjoying Christ, by being filled with the life of God, by not grieving the spirit. It it comes down to enjoying Christ and being filled with him. But what that looks like in experience is very rich and full and, uh, and powerful when people see it. So praise the Lord for that, guys. Hope that helps. Dive into chapter four, and we'll see you tomorrow.